Gleason. I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, a God, Bible, and Church podcast. My special guest here today is Sister Jamin Hart. She is the wife of evangelist and director of promotions with the Oklahoma District Youth United Pentecostal Church, the handsome Brother Jeremy Hart. She is a songwriter, recording artist, a worship leader, and an author. And she joins us today to speak to our hearts about her latest book, Still Gonna Praise You. Still Gonna Praise You. This book is available at jeremyandjaminhart.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. It comes in a nice slick paperback edition, or of course, the beautiful hardcover edition. Check down the episode notes for web links to get this book and other products by Brother and Sister Hart. Use promo code SSWJG so they know I sent you. Single guys and married guys, this would be a great Christmas gift to buy for that special girl. And you don't believe me, you need to ask Sister G. First thing I ever bought her was a Bible. And then after that, a book. And I won her heart. Don't go for the nice watch. Don't go for the nice purse. Buy her books. It'll communicate a great message. And what do you got to lose, right? Without further ado, Sister Jamin, good morning. How you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing good. Excellent. Now, when I read this title, Still Gonna Praise You, I can't think of a better title for 2020, you know, with everything going on. I, f- I feel like COVID-19 is trying to take our praise, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people have had to learn to praise the Lord staring at a phone this year. They had to <laughs> learn to praise the Lord yes. with, with uh, being worried about the air they breathe and, and who's next to them and, you know, touching doorknobs, right? But uh, this book is here to inspire us all, no matter what, we're still going to praise the Lord. And uh, I get the feeling that this book was not written when things were good, but rather (laughs) when things were bad. Is that right? It is true. Yes. Yeah. And you say this is a story of a testimony of healing, conquered fear, and dreams come true. And the healing aspect is something we like to talk about around here. We're trying to bring back the, the signs and powers and signals of God. So uh, what's the testimony of healing? Tell us about that. Yeah, so the book, it all flows together. Each chapter builds on each other, but there really is like three segments of the book. So the first part, God has done so many healings in my life. Mm. The first part, I grew up pastor's kid in Minnesota. Oh yeah, My dad pastors in a little town called Moose Lake, Minnesota. And I've always loved to sing. I wrote my first song when I was six years old. It was horrible. It had two lines. And my mom was like, oh, that song is so beautiful. (laughs) So I always loved to sing. And when I got a little bit older, like I knew it was a calling. I knew it was something more. So I had a lot of opportunities at my home church to sing. I was leading worship when I was 14. I started leading worship. And then in the district, So fast forward to when I was almost 16, I was leading worship at our church one Sunday morning and this pain in my jaw almost stopped me. I made it through the song set and we finished and we went home and I told my parents something's wrong with my jaw. Like this, this pain is crazy. So we prayed And my mom made an appointment for a specialist to get x-rays. And we all just thought it was my wisdom teeth or something. We really didn't think anything of it. Mm. So we went to the appointment 
And it, it all happened really fast. The doctor, the specialist came in with the x-rays. We weren't expecting anything. And he, he just stared at us. And he said, um, you have extreme TMJ. He said, there's absolutely no cartilage left in one side of your, your jaw. And there's hardly any left on the other side. So what, what said, is TMJ? What is, what is that? I've never heard of that. So, okay. TMJ is a jaw disorder. There's several different levels of it. Hmm. And basically it, it causes you to hardly be able to open your mouth anymore. Oh. Your jaw doesn't line up. It can be as mild as just some annoying popping, clicking. It can be as extreme as you, you can't open your mouth. And it sounds silly to people who've never experienced it. Like people don't go around saying, oh, I have TMJ, but I'm blown away how many people have TMJ or have had TMJ because it, it really can consume you. But the top thing is people who have extreme TMJ, they can't sing anymore. That puts wow. the most stress on it. There's really nothing people can do for TMJ. There's mouth guards, certain things, risky surgeries. But mine had so quickly been so extreme that he said, there's nothing we can do. The first thing you need to cut out, if you sing, he said, you cannot sing anymore because that puts the most pressure on your jaw. And he said, at this point, we just want to maintain your jaw there's, there's nothing we can do. We just want to maintain it, keep it where it is. So I laughed. I thought he was joking. I was 16. I felt this call to sing. And I was like, oh, no, you don't understand. I, I sing every day. He said, I'm sorry, you can't sing anymore. Oh. So the whole way home, I was in absolute denial. And my mom is so sweet. She was just trying to encourage me the whole way home. And I got Shout out home to Sister and Reese. I, yes. <laughs> and Brother Reese. Yeah. Yes. I got home. I banged on the piano and sang as loud as I could just to prove <laughs> it wasn't true. I sang at the top of my lungs and my family's like, oh, bless her heart. Mm. And, and so dinner, we ate dinner that night. It was so awkward because... We all knew what the doctor said. And, and my dad, he's like, honey, I know what the doctor said, but, but just keep singing. This is, this is who you are. This is your call. Wow. And afterwards, that was when there was like dial-up internet. So I went into my dad's office and I got on the internet and I listened to one of my favorite songs and I was just singing with it. I just started bawling because it hurt so bad. Literally, the pain, the pain was almost unbearable. So we got, I was in physical therapy three times a week for my jaw, went to a chiropractor for them to pop it back in place every single week. I did all these little exercises every day. And for the next eight months, it literally got worse every day. It got so extreme. My whole jaw didn't line up. I could hardly open my mouth. When I would sing, I, I'd just cry from the pain. So for a while, my we just kind of decided I'd take a little break from leading worship and I'd be on the front row just crying in worship because that was my praise. That was my worship. But pain doesn't, pain can't stop your praise. It just gives context for your praise. Wow. So I'm 
I'm praising through it all. And eight months this went on. And one service we had, this all started in February and October. We had a whole weekend revival with an evangelist at my church. So Friday night, the evangelist prayed for me. We told him what was going on and nothing really seemed to happen that first night. And Sunday night, we had some visitors from my high school and my dad said, he had told me before, he said, I want you to lead worship tonight. So I said, okay, I knew it was gonna hurt, but I was gonna do it. So I led worship from the piano and in that song service, one of my friends from high school walked up in the middle of song service to the altar, threw her hands in the air, and the Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost in the Whoa. middle of that song service. So I'm just Praise like God. still singing, still playing, rejoicing, crying. I was so thankful. Nothing else matters when you see that. And I sat down and I realized, oh my goodness, my, my jaw doesn't even hurt. There, there's no way we pray for the miracle and it comes and it's like it's for eight months I was in such severe pain couldn't even open my mouth and it happened I'm like there, there's no way especially after I sang for half an hour straight so I'm sitting there just just in awe that it, it doesn't hurt wow. and I didn't even say anything that night and the next morning Monday mornings were always the worst I guess because I just sang on Sunday I went to the mirror, I opened my mouth, perfect. There was no popping, clicking, I could open it all the way. It was, the Lord literally put that cartilage back in my mouth and completely Amazing. and totally, miraculously, miraculously healed me. So I ran down the stairs, my dad was about to leave for work. And I'm like, dad, God healed me, God healed me. That was 10 years ago, that was exactly about 10 years ago. And I, I think every day and I've never had a problem since then. We went back to that specialist. He took new measurements. He's like, this doesn't happen. And I'm like, I know God healed me. I've just told everybody it's, it, it's incredible. That is incredible. And there's no way that's a coincidence. That's the no. power of God. Right. And it's real. Now that, that is really interesting to me. I've prayed for a lot of people, you know, to be healed, put my hands on a lot of people in the hospitals, at home, wherever. And this year I've been actually using my shadow. I've, I've been praying people through to the Holy Ghost with my shadow, praying for healing yes. with my shadow, you know, for social distancing. Mm -hmm. But here, no, nobody was really praying for you. You were, yes, the, an evangelist that was there, but the healing took place for you in the moment of praise. Exactly. In the moment of worship. It, it was it was as if when I saw my friend get the Holy Ghost, I'm just, I'm still singing, but I'm just, I'm literally praising and rejoicing at the piano. And then mm. I sat down and, and that is when it had happened. Eight months. Wow. And That's something. Yeah. I'll go ahead. Well, I was just to say through, through that eight months, the whole time, I knew, I didn't know how, but I believed that the Lord would heal me. It was just a matter of time because I was so sure of my calling. He doesn't call us to something and then just <laughs> destroy wow. it, let us suffer. And I, I knew my call was so real at 15 and 16. I, I, I refused to believe it. And there were so many nights I would just 
oh, I had talks with the Lord about it in my room, but, but I knew. And in that moment, like you said, of praise. Yeah. So there was a lot of leading up a lot of, a lot of faith and prayers Mm -hmm. and and of course, you know, very, very frustration. Yeah. All (laughs) of that. Well, those emotions catch the attention of God, especially when you pour out your heart to him. Right. You know, the Psalms are full of that. I offered my complaint to the Lord. I poured out my heart to the Lord. You know, God's the safest place to complain to, you know? Right. So I've never heard of anybody getting healed by complaining on uh, social media. I've, I've yet to do no, that. No, I, I have not either. <laughs> it's but, funny uh, how wow. that works. Well, see, this is the power of what Pentecost brought to the world. And it was the praise and worship time, whether it's before the preaching and after preaching at the altar call, because it's, it's all the same thing. But praise, you know, we looked at the Psalms, we look at how King David did it, how Israel did it. And we said, we got to bring music back, music that gets people moving. Mm-hmm music that gets people in concert singing simple phrases of how good God is. And when that happens, the the spirit of the Lord is entertained. And in heaven where his presence dwells, it floods from heaven down here on the earth. And we get to experience heaven in that moment. You know, the Bible talks about speaking the languages of the angels. Angels did not learn to speak by being taught by God. They speak by impulse of the spirit of God that's in them. And that's what speaking in tongues is. And that's what happened to your friend there. Just powerful. Mm -hmm. Friends from school still make good disciples. It's still possible. Yeah. And then you have a healing take place. You know, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. And you have uh, uh, those signs happening right there in that moment at the same time healing and uh, speaking in tongues mm-hmm. yeah, all that stuff is real. And that comes through mm-hmm. praise, you know, uh, it's, it's easy to praise God when things are going good. You know, and I, and it's right. easy to serve God when things are going, there's some people out there, they can only serve the Lord when things are good. You know, when things are bad, they, they walk out, you know, they get, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the car gets wrecked. Oh, God's not real anymore. Or I just lost my job. No, God's not real anymore. You know, they can only praise the Lord when things are good, but then there's some people, they can only come to God when things are bad. Right. Yeah. You know, I've, I've seen this. You probably have, you know, a couple, you know, gets married, they're doing great. Everything's good. Well, they slip out of church, you know, cause right. the, more you, the more you miss church, the easier it is to not miss church. Right. But three years go by and the marriage is a disaster and they come running back to God, you know, right. You know, you need God. But, uh, what you're telling me in this book is, God is worthy of praise no matter how you feel, mm-hmm. no matter what the doctor is saying. Wow. Because it's, right. it's difficult to praise the Lord when you're in pain, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to praise the Lord now with uh, a, a four-year-old and almost a two-year-old, you know, grabbing onto oh. my leg and trying to jump up <laughs> on me in church, which is precious, by the way. Oh, yes. But, uh, and then, you know, you got the mask on and, and, and all that stuff. But, hey, God is still alive and he's still real. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. Wow. In Jesus name, healing still comes. Uh, but this, this book is also based upon conquered fear, uh, fears that you had. And uh, that that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one for all it of us. Is. So uh, how did the Lord help you conquer your fear? And keep so, on so um, that 
season all happened. I went to IVC for four years and my freshman year, it was incredible. I'm, I'm hundred percent extrovert. So I was like in heaven, constantly people around, constantly talking, singing opportunities. It was incredible. Shout out to IBC. Shout out to IBC. Come on. Yes. But, um, so singing, it was just something I'd always done and I loved it. it. It was my comfort zone. Like even being on a platform, I loved it. So the end of my freshman year, I was, one of my instructors was doing a live recording in April and I was one of the singers, backup singers on that live recording. And before we walked out there, I was in the prayer room. The Lord was just, I I couldn't even place my finger on it. The Lord was just dealing with my heart. I couldn't even place what was happening. As I was walking out there, the big lights came on and I don't say this lightly. I'm not being over spiritual, but the Lord spoke to me and said, if you were never on a platform again, would you still serve me? Mm. I I had always been on a platform. I, it was, it was my comfort zone. I, I love everything about church, all of that. It was so clear in my heart. I made it through those songs And I was the last person to leave the altar call that night. So there was about three weeks left of the semester. I was in music groups, but I told the Lord I wanted to go beyond. Oh, yes, God, of course, I'll still serve you. I wanted to go beyond. It was so powerful. It was a holy moment. I wanted to give the Lord a commitment. He keeps his commitments. He makes commitments with us, promises. I promised the Lord in that altar call for the next six months. I would not be on a platform, Whoa. which meant, which was a big deal for me, which also meant taking a semester off of IBC. Oh God, so I, <laughs> so I went home after the three weeks, there's three weeks left of the semester. And this launched as today, the lowest point in my life because I did not realize how much of my identity was singing and was being a part and all of that. So I was home. All my friends went back to IBC. I was lonely. I, I was in a weird spot because I knew I was going back to IBC the next semester, but I had to find a job. I wasn't involved at all. That, that summer at camp, people would ask me, to, to seeing different things and then it started no no I'm how does that even make sense I'm taking some time off so it started and I I got a job and the first week of my job I was driving and I I am a happy-go-lucky happy person I am driving and I've had never experienced anything like this I got an anxiety attack. I didn't didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know what was going on. I'd never experienced anything like it in my life. Just, just this, this fear and anxiety just almost crippled me. I had to pull over. I called my mom. I knew if I could just call her, maybe I'd be okay. And this launched weeks of dealing with fear. I'd never even 
thought of the word depression. I, I ignorantly yeah. thought, well, if you're depressed, you have no walk with God. Well, here I was completely broken, feeling anxiety, feeling depressed. People would come over and, and I, I, would, I would just stay in my room. I, I would just, I, I just didn't know what to do. I was literally completely and totally broken and all so much, so many layers at that time. I had friends, they didn't understand. They had turned their back on me. It was literally the lowest, lowest point of my life. So I'm dealing with all this fear, dealing with confusion because there I was again. I knew God had called me. I was starting to live my dreams and everything was just shattered. I was, I was facing emotions I never thought I'd face. I didn't even know how to face them except with the word. So this yeah. season, I wasn't on platforms. I just, I just started building altars and I started writing messages and I just started praying. I just started praying and, and this went on and it, what, what is amazing. I, I do not downplay depression at all. I, if people need medicine, if people need help, absolutely. But for me personally, it, it was very spiritual and this, this had been going on. And I believe the Lord allowed me to go through this to, to understand for so many reasons. But one night I went, it was 2am. I crawled in with my mom, just, I said, I can't handle this anymore, mom. I don't feel like I'm living. I'm not even living. And my mom, she, I didn't even know she had this. She pulled out from underneath her pillow, a little printed out list of all the scriptures on fear, overcoming fear. Mm. And she said, we're just going to pray the word out loud. We're just going to pray it out loud. We're going to insert our names and we're just going to pray till something happens. And we laid on our backs and we prayed the word and the Holy ghost came in so strong. Yes. We, we just, we just knew there were angels in that room. And yes. ever since that night, I have I have not, I've not dealt with that. Mm. And what you overcome, you have authority over. And there have been times especially with evangelizing the enemy he has tried he has tried right before a service or something but i know i have authority over it we have authority over it god is not in fear so through that time i overcame that it was a powerful moment but there were still months of that loneliness that still just that brokenness. I, I literally felt like I was starting from the beginning. I did not know who I was. I, I felt like I didn't know yeah. who I was. Wasn't singing all that extrovert in me, the connections at IBC, my job, everything about that season. I, I did not have any of it. And it was literally like the Lord was breaking me down, exposing all the pride, everything in my heart. I didn't know I had, didn't want to admit I had. And painfully pulling all of that out and building me back up, literally Mm, broke me to my core. And, and the reason when, after the healing testimony, I wrote a song called my healer, but really if a song, I believe a song has to burn as an anthem in your heart, you have to live through it. If it's going to have any worth for somebody else. So 
it was one day I was just, I was at a low place. And in this season, I was going to the gym. I was drinking my coffee. I didn't even care about my coffee. I pulled up to the gym and I just, I just had a talk with God. And I said, God, I, I don't even know what to do right now. I, you, you feel so far away. I know you're not far away. I, I just hardly know who I am anymore. I, I feel like it's over. Everything's over. Just all my dreams, all my hopes. And I'm just pouring out my heart to God. God responds to brokenness, even, yes. <laughs> even if it's the not time. the greatest. I was broken. Nobody else could help me. And also what I realized in this time is you run to your comfort zone in extreme times and hurting times. And that is why it's so important to have, that's why it's so important to have a prayer life, a daily prayer life, because sometimes you might feel like you're going through the motions or it might not be just the most earth shattering thing, but you run to your comfort zone when trials come. And in that moment, I didn't, I didn't, my family couldn't help me. Nobody could help me. Well, God had been my comfort zone through everything I'd ever faced. So that's who I ran to. And I'm talking to him. And in my broken prayer in that gym parking lot, I said the words, but God, I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to praise my way through this awful, awful time. And fast forward, I had no idea those would be the chorus of a song that would be sung on IBC live recording a year and a half later. I've, I've been able to sing it all through our travels. I've written a book about it. So in that broken moment, I said those words and then I, um, I turned on some prayer music. The song that came on was it's not over. So I'm just, I'm just having church. I'm just receiving it. I love that song. So it, it took, even when I went back to IBC that next semester, I was so broken. God was still just working on me, building back, building me back up all of sophomore year and my junior year. It, it was incredible. I had no idea that song would end up getting recorded, but I wrote that song. Yeah. And still it ended phrase. up yep. getting recorded. Yeah, we all know that song, and people can still buy that song, right? On oh, a, yeah. On a, a, a JeremyandJaminHeart.com. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it, Indiana Bible College on iTunes. Wow. Awesome. And so you would say that junior year is when you kind of started making your way back from uh, you know, that dark time, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That whole second semester at IBC, I was still just, the Lord was still just working on me. And it was the Mm. first, when I, it was a Monday night of my junior year, everybody was going to hang out. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm actually just going to stay at the school tonight. And I went to the girls prayer room on my dorm floor and I was sitting there And for the first time in a long time, I felt like Jamin again. I felt like myself. Mm. I looked back over that whole year and I realized just that moment, God never left me. I literally saw his hand the whole way. Sometimes you cannot see it till you look back. 
I saw his hand and I, I realized I loved him so much more after he took me through all that. God knows what yeah. we need. Even if I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through that season. And I just had this moment, oh my goodness, Lord, I love you so much more. Thank you. And I went down to one of the practice rooms and I sat down and I hit my recorder and I prayed, played through, still going to praise you. I wrote it right there in the classroom. And it, it really wow. was just for God. It, I never thought it would go anywhere. I entered it. We had a songwriting class and I had to enter like four or six originals for to get the grade. So I entered it and one of my teachers heard it and the rest is history. Wow. That's something, you know, Bible college will do that to somebody. You know, you, th you think, uh, you know, you're going to go there. It's going to be four amazing years. You're not going to have any worries about paying right. any bills. You're going to make amazing grades. You're going to get married. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, <laughs> you're going to get better looking. You're going to be, you know, all this, you know, all this stuff. And yes. then all of a sudden, no, God starts uh, getting in your face. Like, Hey, can you love me? Uh, exactly. Not being on a platform. Uh, you gain 15 pounds. Uh, you go through a say, horrible breakup. 15 uh, yeah. breakup, and then it goes downhill from there. <laughs> you know, you lose your job, Absolutely. your car falls apart, and you're oh, like, God, why yes. did you send me here? And God's like, oh, yes. uh, there was things inside of you that needed to come out, and this is how I'm mm -hmm. going to do it. And mm -hmm. so, okay, th this uh, brings up uh, something that we've kind of discussed here on this podcast. There, God uses things, especially for people that grew up in church. Yeah, yes, PKs, but people that grew up in church. He has to do something to drain us of our humanity if we've got a purpose mm -hmm. for our life. Mm -hmm. And most of us can't go 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness and be tempted of the devil himself. <laughs> most of us, it's something like go to Bible college and get a taste of the real world in a safe place. Right. And doing and God doing things like no platform and no semester, you know, that's right. totally not normal. But since when has God done anything right normal? And what I see happening here is, and, and I know there's people going through this right now, listening to this, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the anxiety, the fear, the depression. Now, this, this is your testimony, Sister Jamin, but I would just dare to venture to say God allowed a uh, evil spirit to talk to you for a little bit. Mm -hmm. What it sounds like to me, mm -hmm. anxiety and depression coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's like out he allowed, allowed that to happen as a, as a way of trying you, testing Absolutely. you. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, guess what? You passed the test. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Yeah. And yes. you, came out of it stronger than ever. And, uh, you know, God does things like that. He did that to me. You know, most people, when they, they're called to preach as a kid, called to ministry as, as a kid, grew up in a church, I was that way. Mo most of us have that big battle in our teens, you know, and uh, you kind of go through that major identity crisis. And by the time right. you're 18, you know, okay, God, I, I, I won't be a, a, a a doctor. I won't be a lawyer. I won't be a businessman or, or this or that. I'll, I'll go to Bible college and answer your call, you know, and then I got a Bible college and everything goes great. Well, some of us, the major pain and uh, mental anguish happens in Bible college. And right. Some of us like me, it happened after Bible college. 
I mean, right after I got out of Bible college, all that, all that stuff uh, hit me. So yeah, it's real and it's designed by God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's designed by God. And like you, you said there, you have authority over what you have overcome. Right. And I didn't grow up with anxiety as a child. I didn't grow up with depression as a child, but God gave me a little bit of a taste of it so I can minister mm-hmm. to people that got it. Exactly. You know, and we've been exactly. talking about anxiety. And, uh, man, I'd like to see that list that your mom has that she keeps there someday. If, you, if you're home or whatever it's, around the holidays, take a screenshot and send that to us. Absolutely. Somebody, we need I will. to uh, see that or, or post that on, on your Instagram. By the way, listener, Sister Jamin has a phenomenal Instagram. Uh, <laughs> check your episode notes. You need to follow it. It is great. But yeah, but, uh, and you also said you got to run to your comfort zone in hard times, and your comfort zone needs to be an empty room at your Bible college, a place to pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, during those times, you'll write music. But let me let me ask you this. Now, I everybody in my family sings. Everybody, my my own four year old daughter can sing better than I can now. All right, I don't I don't sing. I I I like to hear my head rattle. I'm a talker. Now I can play bass. I can play drums. That's what I do with the family. And that, but every year, Dad wants to get all of us on the platform at Christmas time and sing. And I secretly turn my microphone off. You know. Oh so, my goodness. But that's. But let me now. You're 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 artistic. You're a creator. Do you see that people naturally that have an artistic mind? for music, for books, for poetry, uh, really uh, dress really well, uh, know how to take great pictures, uh, uh, do exquisite things. That, do you think those people just naturally have, have a tendency to get depressed? Um, it could be. I know artists struggle with that more. Yeah. I've just kind of noticed that. And I, w- I wonder why that is. Is it because? I, th- I think it's because the, you know, the people who are the logical thinkers are like the smart science people in math. And I bless my heart. I mean, I can handle math, but like you said, I think it's more the feelers have the the artistic flair, the the music, the creativity. So feelers, a lot of times, are connected to that artsy. And I think feelers, we feel everything so we can fall into more of that depression Mm. and anxiety. Now, let me ask you this. Are creators, because we got creators out there. I'm just seeing this. More podcasts are coming up and preachers are coming up. Singers are coming up. Men and women are answering the call of God. And Mm -hmm. a lot of us battle with having a dark mind where, you know, we don't want to go anywhere. We we don't want to see family, Mm -hmm. you know, you know. I tell you what, this year, if I'm in a bad mood, that's when I go and try to create something because my best stuff comes out when I'm depressed for some reason. Absolutely. <laughs> it's hard to come up with something good when you're in a good mood. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, like s- sadness is success nowadays yes. for some reason. And uh, I guess we need to use that for the glory all of the, the Lord. Perhaps. All the feeling. Yes. Right. right all right. Songs. You say, uh, you say also, because I'm not trying to give the book away, and you're talking about things that are, that are in this this wonderful book, and you really need to buy it to get the depth of uh, this this fantastic story and this idea. And I tell you why I'm excited about this book because "Still Gonna Praise You" is not a title; it's an idea, and that's why this song has done so well and this book is doing so well because it's an idea. 
the power of praising the Lord no matter what. But there's also a great portion in this book that talks about dreams coming true. And I think, you know, I get a lot of fan mail. Uh, I back that up. Not fans, loyal listeners. I don't, I don't have fans around here. Otherwise, God will tell me to no podcasting for six months. So, and we can't be. Yes. <laughs> Justin, can you praise the Lord without your spirit signal? But loyal listeners and people uh, talk to me about their hopes and dreams. You know, and it's people I don't know. I, I can't know the will of God for somebody, you know, just by reading a, right. an email or a direct message. Right. But you described to us, how did God help you have your dreams come true? Well, they, they wouldn't have happened, I believe, if it wasn't for that season of crushing, basically. Mm. And in that time, so by my senior year, I had... It's so easy at Bible school not to really have a personal prayer life because you are getting so much church, 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 chapels, church, student body prayer. But my senior year, I had, I would go into the prayer room. I would, I had a couch in my room. I would be at my couch. And I don't know if this sounds cliche or not, but my dreams that came true are through through prayer, because God can give us the desires of our hearts if they honor him. And if you spend time in prayer, have a walk with God, your desires will be what honor him. So he can, he wants to make our dreams come true. So the whole, the last portion of the book is really talking about um, Jeremy a little bit, really evangelizing, traveling. This is, I'm literally living my dreams, recording music, singing every week, traveling. And that's, I want to, I hope my Instagram and just everything shows that because the whole book talks about, you know, kind of suffering going through it. But I, I really ultimately want to show how incredible it is living for God. It's not all suffering. There's so much joy in living for living for God. There's so much peace and excitement. It's the greatest life in the world. So it ends on that note of, I'm living my dreams. My, my dreams came true. I'm getting to do yes. my promises, what the Lord has put in my heart. It's real. If you stay faithful to him, he's going to stay faithful to you. And so that's kind of how the book ends talking about that. There's a chapter in there about evangelizing. And, and basically, it's just story after story of personal testimonies we've seen in all of our different states healings so many healings we've seen um testimonies just special moments so it ends on a really happy note just to remind people yes there might be a time of suffering in your life but if you still praise him he's gonna blow your mind he's still blowing my mind i tell Mm -hmm. my husband all the time i i sometimes just have to stop and realize I am living my dreams. Everything God has promised me, I am living them every day of my life. He knows what we need. He wants to give it to us. But like you said, sometimes people run away from hardships, but we also see a lot of times when hardships hit, people know where to run. They run to the church. And in that time, the Lord sometimes has to allow something, put something in our path to make us and to help us develop that character, develop that prayer life. So he can give us everything he wants to give us. So we can live in victory. Wow. So you're saying your dream 
was to sing, to speak, to be married to a preacher, to travel, to minister, to write, mm -hmm. to be a recording artist. And God said, hey, those are good things. I'll use that for my kingdom's sake. I'll give that to mm -hmm. you. And mm -hmm. But you paid a price for it through a mm -hmm. childhood sickness and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a season of great despair. And, and probably no telling what else that you probably can't talk about right now. But right. there'll have to be another book. <laughs> still gonna praise you part and, two. And, yeah, and uh, you're. In, I'm. I'm gonna write. Still gonna podcast. You know, yes. considering <laughs> what I've been through. No, but uh, you say a, a great line in the book that I actually wrote down in my journal. I liked it so much. Trials and triumphs have a far-reaching effect. They have a mm -hmm. far-reaching effect, and uh, you know, it took me a long time to realize that. But that is so true. You know. I've seen it happen in my life. I preach about all of the great things God have, God has done. I've seen God heal people of cancer. You know, I've, I've seen God do amazing things. And I tell that, yeah, and it's amazing. But then when I start talking about all my problems <laughs> and all of my pain, I'm like, why would anybody want to hear this? And, man, I mean, <laughs> it, like, blesses and touches people so much, you know, because pain's a part <laughs> right. of life. People relate to it because, exactly, we all face yeah. pain. Well, there's an element uh, of the Holy Ghost that ministers to pain. He came to right. heal broken hearts, right? Right. And so, uh, yeah. So for those of you out there that are complaining how horrible your life is, you're dreading Thanksgiving because of how lonely you feel. Hey, <laughs> maybe that pain you feel is the trial and triumph you need uh, mm -hmm. to have a far-reaching effect. Wow. Well, I'm glad to know that your husband, Brother Hart, was a part of your dream because he is a handsome guy. And uh, yeah, and sh shout out to uh, Brother Jeremy Hart and, and God bless him for doing all the work he is doing there for the Oklahoma District Youth, because you want to know what you're made out of. Try to minister to young people. <laughs> I tell yes. you what, I, I did it for a while and uh, absolutely loved every single minute of it. But yeah, you, you want to, you know, they asked me, did you learn to preach at Bible college? And I say, no, I learned to preach, preach into a youth group. Because if you can preach to a youth group, <laughs> you can, can preach, preach to anybody. To but uh, <laughs> okay, now uh, your husband seems like a Renaissance man. Okay, did he make this purse for you that he I see? He did. So he is just like he's so talented. It's just not even funny. In quarantine, the extrovert in me was absolutely going crazy. He's a total introvert, so he's loving it, and he orders a little starter leather pack on Amazon and starts whipping up leather stuff like he's done it his whole life and la two months ago a month ago I went to see my mom and sister I came back and he had this stunning leather purse made for me all stitched by hand he does everything by hand he just he just learned it whipped it up wow I mean that thing it looks slick it's wow, so that nice. is talent. That is a nice purse. Wow. Handmade. Getting back. Handmade. That's just cool. That is just cool. Uh, and, and for those of you that don't know uh, about Sister Jamin and I, we're cousins. So she's my family. So you yes. better not talk about her. I'll come after you. <laughs> but uh, her her family from, from Moose Lake, uh, they do something that is really interesting to me that I've never done, never gotten close to, but they are beekeepers. And uh, Sister Jamin, have you been uh, around the beehives at all lately? I have, yeah. My uncles are 
beekeepers. So actually when the world shut down, our motorhome was parked in Dayzetta, Texas, where is where the bees are for a few months. So I put on the little bee outfit and I stuck my head in the hive and they land all over you and it's the creepiest, greatest thing. <laughs> Man, talk about conquering fears right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> But it's so neat, and I and I hear people getting into it. There's a, here on our church property. Uh, there there's some hives out there that some guys uh, watch at our church, and they and they make honey, and uh, they've given me some of it. It's absolutely delicious. Oh, it's so good. Uh, uh, Sister Jamin, are you a coffee drinker? I, I am. Yeah. I I think I have a problem. Yes. Oh, I'm drinking my no. third. I'm drinking my third cup right now. Oh, there you go. Of the day. Now. Uh, the what how do I want to say this like natural honey wild honey like that I've tried cream and sugar I've tried whipped cream I've tried maple syrup I've done everything but honey honey right out, out of the hive that these guys make is the mm-hmm. best thing ever in a cup of coffee absolutely yeah it, I have it, I have raw ahead. honey in our motorhome right now and oh yeah there's just there's nothing like it yeah I've been uh, doing Turkish style coffee this entire year. My uh, my wife, Sister G, got me a uh, they call it an it brick in in the Middle East, Turkey, and uh, okay. yeah, you don't it's it's unfiltered coffee, and, and okay. even even more uh, intense than like a French press. This you don't filter it in the ground, stay in it. You grind them up real fine, stay in it, and you're essentially making a, a brew, a stew. Like like a roux, like like uh mm-hmm. like for like the Cajuns do, they make the roux that sauce, you know, and mm-hmm. you uh you can put cardamom in it, and I've done all, f- but the honey tastes the best, oh, and it's the yes. only way I've found, because a lot of times when coffee's poured over, brewed, or even espresso, that water dripping down there gives it that bitter taste. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get those little acidic tastes. This way, it takes it all out. You taste coffee the way it's originally supposed to be made, the way God intended it to be, how the Turks did it, how the Cowboys did it, yes. how your great-great-great-grandma did it. So, uh, yeah, the wild honey, so that's a good thing. Um, is there anywhere people can get uh, a honey from your family? Um, so they actually sell it every year to just, like, Target. Target takes it for that year and labels it all their own you have to get it from them personally the raw honey so it's reese farms reese Reese farms Farms. yep all right be looking for that great in your coffee great on your biscuits all right lastly lastly uh you know when i i i don't like to camp but i love the idea of uh those rvs and things like that you know you walk into and it's like whoa hey wow you know have a steak dinner you know with an evangelist and an rv i love that but you guys have taken RV into another level. And those Instagram videos you do of, of that RV, like I see that, and I'm like, whoa, I want to take a nap right now. You know, I, so, uh, I mean, you took that thing, you made it into a home. Yes, we took out all the furniture that it came with. It came with this ugly little wraparound couch that it looked like it had leprosy the fake leather was peeling off it the booth we took all that out and we put in leather furniture and we got the little tables and rugs and ottomans so it looks 
like my house and I have the fireplace and coffee. I love it. I love it so much. Wow. Amazing. All right, listeners. There you have it. Sister Jamin Hart spoke to our hearts. And uh, I know where this is all audio, but I tell you what, I was wiping away tears. God ministered to me. And I know he ministered to you. Thank you so much, Sister Jamin, for coming oh, and uh, speaking to our hearts. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Go check out the website, jeremyandjaminhart.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-A-N-D-J-A-M-I-N-H-A-R-T.com. Check your episode uh, notes down below for the links to these. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.